Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to Employee Cycle. I'm your CEO, Bruce Marable here, hosting the Employee Cycle Podcast. And I just want to let you know that all you HR leaders out there, we know that a lot of you are always venting and frustrated and tired of manual, tedious, time-consuming spreadsheets. That's right. We hear all of you talking about how you're tired of pulling messy spreadsheets from all these different HR systems, trying to get a data-driven view of your workforce, and you're always scratching your head thinking there must be a better way. Well, that's why we built Employee Cycle, an HR analytics dashboard with pre-built integration connectors to the most popular HR systems out there, so that all you need to do is connect your data to Employee Cycle, and within minutes, you can have an out-of-the-box, real-time HR analytics dashboard that helps you view, share, track, and analyze your dashboards. You can share them, create custom metrics, you can audit your data, you can do all the things that you know should be done by software so that you can do the most important human things, which is helping your workforce thrive. Go to EmployeeCycle.com, check us out. We'd love to get a demo and explore how we could partner to help automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company today, because we have a great guest. So please help me welcome to the show, Christine Park. She's the Chief People Officer at Pantheon. And today we're discussing how does HR drive organizational transformation? Christine. Welcome to the podcast. Woo! Christine, welcome! Christine, thank you so much for being on the podcast today to share all your wisdom. And so we're going to kick this show off the best way we know how, and that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Well, thanks, Bruce. I don't think I've ever... Um got out of college and said, you know, my aspiration to be in HR. But um, I was very lucky enough to get into HR. At that time, it was actually called personnel. And um, as a part of a management management training process for a bank. And I really enjoyed it, actually, uh, unlike many of the people I fell into it. Um, and I've seen the transformation of HR over the past uh, three decades. And it's just been phenomenal to see how HR has evolved as our organization and the way we conduct business has changed. So um, I fell into it, but I fell in love with it. And I've been here for the last 30, uh, three decades. That is awesome. And we all know that the community is so much better having you in it. So we're so thankful that you made the decision to stick with HR to make it better. But today we're talking about how does HR drive organizational transformation? So I am curious here. There's a lot of buzzwords going on right now, especially with COVID and everyone saying that remote work and everything that happened in a short period of time drove so much digital transformation and business transformation and everything's transforming. And so now today we're talking about organizational transformation, which I think may be a different spin on what most people have been hearing in the media. So I would love to start off with what is your definition of organizational transformation and why is it important? Oh, that's a great question, Bruce. I actually do not look at like the digital transformation, business transformation transformation separately, but all inclusive of organizational transformation. Because as our companies go through digital transformation, 
business transformation, I think it's almost you can't separate organizational transformation away from those initiatives, but really more of a accelerator and a complement to those trans, um, transformations. So my definition of organizational transformation is how do we transform our organization to really win in the market that we compete in? So that's an interesting definition because I'm assuming that that's something that a business constantly has to go through regardless if it's trying to really transform itself, right? Or is that the same thing or are these two different things? No, I think it's the same thing. I think you can't do one without the other, right? Like I believe HR plays such a critical role to these transformation and organizational transformation has to happen as we go through a digital transformation, business transformation, right? And I think it's, I believe most HR leaders at right now is, um, lot contemplating and, and actually it's a very difficult place. And I think that's why there's a huge opportunity for CHROs and different HR leaders to really lead in this organizational transformation with our business leaders. This is such an interesting topic for so many reasons. As a CEO of a company that sells to HR leaders, I'm hearing and I'm seeing so much turnover in the HR role. So many HR leaders are just tired. They're burnt out. They're stressed. There's just so much that has happened and changed in the HR role. And now we're in a position where we're dealing with tough, crazy, challenging economy. Maybe it's a a recession. Maybe it's a slowdown. I saw something the other day that said it's a slow session. We don't even know what we're in right now. We're all trying to figure it out. It's so interesting. And so I'm fascinated by this connection that you're making with HR and really driving the business. I'm curious, how do you see this working? Because so many HR leaders in departments struggle with really connecting their business value to the overall goals of the company. How do you really see those things connecting? Oh, I, I think it, it's actually not even connection, but inseparable. And I think that's why I really wanted to take this opportunity to encourage HR leaders where I believe um, HR leaders really have a platform now uh, based on the macroeconomic situation. We're coming out of this COVID that has permanently changed the way we do our work. Also, in terms of with all these tra- technical transformation that I think is going to be even more rapid in the next five years than what we experienced last 10 years. So I think what we have to really look at is first start with what is our business trying to accomplish? How is our business going to win? And that you start from there and you are a center of the stage working with your CEOs or your business leaders on how do we design how do we, what kind of people, technology, and process that we need to put in to be successful? And when we say people, it's not only about hiring the right people at the right time, in the right position, at the right price, but how do we leverage technology to get efficiency based on current environment and make data-driven decisions? And also, what kind of culture do we create for the new norm and with the newer, younger generation coming in to our economy and workplace, how do we get them engaged in this current situation where there's a lot of uncertainty? So I really think it's not even a, it's part of it. it it's 
I can't even separate those two. So I really encourage the HR people to really understand the business, what we're trying to achieve business wise, and then be able to connect how the orgs, what the systems and people um, can scale to that or business requirements to win in the market. So I think it's, it's inseparable. That makes a lot of sense to me. As you were explaining that, it made me wonder if you feel that most HR leaders who were in HR prior to the prior to the pandemic need to just double down on the skills that they already had to continue to drive organizational transformation in this uncertain, weird, interesting time? Or do you think that most HR leaders need to, if they haven't already, equip themselves with brand brand new skills because the challenges are so different? Or do you think it's a hybrid of both? I think it's a hybrid of both, right? And I call it the offense and defense strategy because there are some basic compliance and HR fundamentals that actually uh, we can't neglect. And I don't want to ever think that that's any less than the new skills. Um, but so those are very important. I think where HR professional needs to do is double down on those, but really be able to come out of the box and look at different ways to double down on that, right? And it's how do we create efficiency so that we give ourselves some time to do things that are effective, that actually drive these drives these transformation and business results. When we bring people on the podcast to talk about these really interesting and big concepts, we try to break this all the way down to some type of foundational level where our audience can make some of this actionable in their workplace. And so if there are some ambitious HR leaders listening to this thinking, Christine, this sounds awesome, but I'm still trying to wrap my head around how do I play into this organizational transformation what is the first step for an HR leader to think about in this strategy? And with that, does the HR leader drive this or is it more CEO and some others in the leadership team say, here are the overall goals and then HR drives organizational transformation within this existing framework? I, I call it a dance, Bruce. I kind of look at it as a dance. So let me step back a little bit. I think the first step for the uh, head of HR who's very ambitious because I do believe there's so many wonderful HR leaders that want to be not a, a playing reactive defense, but be part of the offense play in helping leaders design this as they go through digital and business transformation. So I would say the first step is really being able to be and be that strategic partner to your um, CEO. Because, and when I say strategic partner, I call them that, call it strategic partner. If you notice, I didn't call it strategic HR partner. Um, I think HR is a function that I do uh, very well. And, but it's going beyond that. It's first becoming a strategic partner to your CEO, um, who also happens to know HR very well. So I think that uh, getting that credibility, I think is key. And, in order for us to do that, I really encourage for us to take off the HR hat for a little bit and be able to partner with the CEO and our other executive leadership team on how to solve the business problems that we're trying to solve. Because 
most businesses, depending on the stage you're in, for me, ours is we hit 100 million. We're really accelerating to 250 to 300 million. So we need to really transform our organization to scale to get to that 300, and even our sales motion to our product to every aspect for scalability.、Um, some companies might be going through a downsize. Some people are more mature. So really understanding. Uh, what your CEO and the business? What is the business trying to solve? And then really getting involved in that first before we talk about HR, and then putting a framework together for them of in order to achieve that business result. How do we have the right people, the organization culture? Like going backwards versus to me. Uh, delivering an HR roadmap. I like to always go to the business, what we're trying to solve, and then creating an HR roadmap that actually drives that business result. Do you believe most HR leaders have the skill set and the moves for your analogy to do this dance, or do you feel like this is something that a lot of CEOs and leaders are hoping that HR Will step up to the plate and have. I think it's both. I I've seen a lot of HR leaders, colleagues that are excellent at it. I also think it's it,、um, it goes two ways, right? There's a lot of C level, even the board that don't they know that HR is important, but they don't connect that HR drives. We're here to really play the top line revenue. I believe I impact our. Valuation and the top line revenue a lot. If I do these things right, so I think it's twofold. A lot of the leaders don't know what to expect from HR, and then that kind of sometimes creates a vicious cycle. And I also think that there are a lot of HR leaders that does know how to do this, and but they don't really know how to break that through a leadership team that who might not take an HR. Seriously, in driving business results, so I think it's 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 all circumspective on the situation. Why do you think there's such a knowledge gap around the HR role? As if it's this mystical role that no one's ever heard of. You work at this company, or you're on the board of this company, or or you're in leadership of this company, and you're still thinking in 2023. You know, I'm not really sure what to expect from HR. Or what does HR do? How is that possible? I don't know. I, I think it's also possible because I think our HR leaders are a little too meek.、Um, you know, we we are just a lot of HR, including myself. We tend to get a little bit more nurturing, and we want to support. And I think that it becomes it's like air. It's so easy when you don't have it right. It like people choke, but when you're doing it right, it's like air. So it's very easy for people to kind of take advantage of that. So.、Um, I think with the COVID, like for example,、um, my CEO was a first-time CEO. He's a founder. He didn't really know what HR did.、Um, he thought maybe we do benefit enrollment, and it's it was a very it's ironic he hired me for this. But I think、um, I'm very involved with him. I'm his trusted advisor in running the department, the organization. So I think somebody like that now I have to show him. So it, it, it's a little bit of both ways. You, we have to show and earn that credibility, but at the same time, let's be very honest. There's leaders that are a little bit more open to that and really acknowledge the value. And there's just people with blinders on on and have this really、um, stereotype of what HR is as GNA or back office. I love how you gave the analogy that HR is like air. 
breathing. It almost makes me think of when you're at a restaurant and you have a server. As long as your water is always full and the drinks keep coming and the food just comes on time and it's all flowing, you forget that someone is actually doing all those things. Yes, you, especially you, with a smile. Exactly, exactly. You look up, you drink some water, all of a sudden your glass is full again. You drink some water, you look up, all of a sudden your glass is full again. And so that's interesting to think of HR the same way. Like, up, oh, we got paid two more weeks, we got paid two more weeks, we got paid, or things just happen and you know, we have these events and we get benefits and we get training and all these things just happen in the background, but you forget, or at least from this conversation is making me even realize more about how so many people outside of HR can just either take it for granted and or truly not understand what happens and how much work actually goes into all that planning. Exactly. Because it's so seamless. It's almost like you're doing too good of a job. Exactly. And, you know, my president here actually said, Christine, you know, your department is, you guys make it a little look too easy, right? And that's sometimes when somebody knows what kind of work gets involved, you have a leader that understands it, it's great. But many, many don't, right? Because they're not, they never really ran a company and um, in terms of working with HR. But with that said, I also encourage all the HR leader to get very, um, kind of stop talking about the HR jargon for one minute and really put on the business hat, right? And really get in there solving business issues just besides HR issues. That's interesting. And I think a lot of CEOs and C-suite execs would definitely appreciate and respect that. A couple of minutes ago, you mentioned that part of what you're doing at Pantheon is not just, as you mentioned, looking at things from an HR lens, but from a business lens. And you believe that your efforts and the efforts of your team are actually driving top line revenue growth. I know a lot of HR leaders are always trying to figure out how to connect the dots between their efforts and the bottom line. It's not as easy as sales or marketing where you close more customers. Obviously, you get more revenue. Marketing generates more leads to close more customers. Obviously, you get more revenue. But from a back office position, this just breathing air in the background and it might look too easy. How would an HR leader go about translating their HR value to how they actually impacted the bottom line? Yeah. Um, so like, for example, it's first of all, I like to attach HR metrics to top line and bottom line, Bruce. <laughs> so I don't always believe that we're just bottom line, but we can actually impact top line. So I, this is where data and analytics come in. I look at the type of hiring we do. Um, if we have a poor performer, for example, and we hire the right leader, and I look at how they perform, we have if we have really brought in the right profile and actually the right hire, not days to fill and like how many recs we hold, but the success. I track a, someone for 12 months, and if they're successful and we brought in the right profile, I track all of that and be able to show how we contributed to that sales. How do we contribute it to that growth? I actually calculate that for them. If I, if my team brought in a fabulous, say, sales uh, leader, um, we track that, how much we affected the bottom, the top line for that. Um, so I track the top line. And as we do org design, when we bring people, even if they were able to find a great leader, I always say, if we didn't go through if we didn't, if we went through agency, how much that would be. I also track 
high performing, I tie it to our talent assessment, how many were through referrals, how many were through direct sourcing by a recruiter. So I'm very metric driven to show the dollar impact. And I actually tie that to the new hire where we are in the market that we didn't have to pay excessive. Like we have a standard, you know, salary grade chart market and how they performed. I tie HR data and their performance into the quota, how well they hit their quota as well. So I have all these analytics and dashboard that shows that in terms of how we affect the top line and also the bottom line. When when we do attrition, I look at regrettable attrition. I tie it to talent assessment. I tie it to how they achieve their quota. I achieve. I tie it to their performance evaluations. And I actually show how well we contributed to the composition and the performance to the company. That is awesome. And I think you just gave a mini masterclass to a lot of HR leaders for how they can actually attribute both impact on the top line and the bottom line, as you mentioned, from HR. I could talk to you about this all day. This is so fascinating. I'm so fascinated by this. And I just want you to, so this is, I love to teach this to all of our HR leaders, actually, because I think the more, the better. I think we might have to have you come back on just to do a masterclass on connecting HR efforts to business results, because I, I just think that that's amazing. But as I mentioned, I can have you, I could talk to you about this all day. This is super fascinating, but I know I can't, and I can't hold you hostage all day on this show. So for the last question, we talked about a lot of stuff in a lot of different areas. We talked about big concepts around organizational transformation, but then we talked about how the skills that HR leaders need and all the things in between and parallel and between HR and servers and a whole bunch of stuff all over the place. But um, if there was one thing that the audience, that you would want the audience to remember, if they can only remember one thing and take back one thing to their job, their career, their company from hearing this, what would it be? It would be, I would encourage everyone not to think in the box of HR. I would encourage everyone to put the customer and employee into the center, which customer means the company, the leaders we enable, and with employees at the center and design the the journey and the experience around that that drives what the company is trying to impact, not just doing HR programs that we are so used to and really rolling out HR programs for the program's sake. That is awesome. I can't tell you how much I've learned in this episode and how much value and wisdom you just dropped on our audience. I'm sure people were just scribbling and taking notes this entire episode. Christine, thank you so much for being such an awesome Employee Cycle podcast guest. Woo! Christine! I really appreciate. So, Christine, where can people find you and Pantheon online? Oh, you you could look at Pantheon Systems um, at the CHRO there, uh, christine.park at pantheon.io. Got it. And we'll include all of that information in the show notes. So, for everyone out there listening, if you enjoyed this show as much as Christine and I did making this episode, please leave us a five-star rating. Also, if this is your very first time listening to our podcast, 
And you either came to this episode because you thought that this topic was super compelling, or you're already a huge super fan of Christine, and you just had to hear what she was going to say. But now you're hungry for more episodes. Please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Woo-hoo. Later, kids. <laughs> Woohoo!